0: Portions of this program may be pre-recorded.
1: Engine sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit
2: liftoff. off. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Friday, August the 21st, almost the end of August 2020. 2020 has been a strange year, but uh, I'm so glad you're joining us today. Whether you're listening in Florida, Georgia, up in Virginia, Mississippi, out in Idaho, California, Nebraska, Texas, it doesn't matter. We have people communicating from all those places and so grateful that they are listening through the app. Um, And we have heard some people saying that they've had issues with the app. Please let us know. You can write me at ask at SWATradio.com or Doug at SWATradio.com, and I'm happy to try to deal with those issues. We're trying to work on a new app, but right now the app we have will have to do until we get the funding to get that new app in. But I hope you're uh, having a good week. It's been an interesting week as we continue to be in an interesting year. And uh, I'm very glad that uh, we have uh, Iron Sharpens Iron extraordinaire guy, Bob (laughs) Groman in the studio with us today. Bob is no stranger to SWAT Radio. He's been on before. He's been involved with men's ministry for a long time. And Bob, glad to have you on today.
3: Thank you, Doug. It's uh, it's great to be here with you, brother. Great to be here.
2: It's good to have you back. And if you're just tuning in, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, we have five core values, and we try to go over those every once in a while. And the core values are God's word is our starting point and our authority, Uh, prayer, staying close to our commander, evangelism, engaging witnesses for impact. That means that we are a witness to people around us of our own relationship with God. And then discipleship, making Christ's last command our first priority, go make disciples teaching them all that I've commanded. And then finally, community, a band of brothers around the word, putting God on display in the community and around the world. And that's what we're about at SWAT and SWAT radio is a platform for us to kind of talk about that. And Friday's, is a day that Monday through Wednesday we kind of go over uh, either Bible passages that we're teaching through during our normal SWAT Bible study years. By the way, SWAT Bible studies start up on September 9th here in Jacksonville, and our, we will be meeting at Woody's Barbecue in the morning on September 9th and at the Salem Center for lunch, and then on Thursday morning at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. By the way, if you missed uh, the other day, On Wednesday, we have worked out an agreement with Jumping Jack's House of Food that if you listen to SWAT radio and you go into any Jumping Jack's House of Food restaurant, whether it's the one on Atlantic out at the beach, it's on Atlantic Boulevard out there, or you go to the one on San Jose Boulevard, or you go to the downtown location, all you have to do is mention SWAT radio when you go to the register Tell them you listen and heard about it on SWAT radio. You get 15% off of your bill. That's better than the 10% bulletin
3: deal. You know what? I mean, 15%, <laughs> 15% off. 15% is great.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we roll uh, that right into your tip, right? Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. So, uh, But then uh, Friday, we meet at the Village Inn starting the first week of September, also. So, uh, those are our SWAT groups. And then uh, in the summer, we've been kind of talking about letters to the church. And this past week, we've been talking about H.B. Charles, who came and spoke at our retreat, our SWAT retreat, and he uh, spoke on prayer. He wrote a book called It Happens After Prayer. And I'm not sure where you are in your prayer life, but if you call in today and talk to us about prayer, we're going to get Steve to get your name and address, and we will send you a copy of H.B. Charles Jr.'s book, it happens after prayer. And, um, uh, you know, Bob, you were at the retreat. Oh yeah. Uh, it was great. Did, uh, what did you think about what HB shared up there about prayer and agar? Had you ever thought about agar before from,
3: uh, Proverbs 30? I, I had never, I had never heard the, the prayer of agar there. And that was, that was enlightening to me. Uh, HB, I'll tell you what, he, he always brings it, man. And, uh, Tying in with Iron Sharpens Iron, he was our very first opening keynote for the first one we did in Jacksonville five years ago, uh, which was exciting. Well,
2: tell people real oh, quick. Go ahead. Maybe maybe somebody is listening and they go, "What's Iron Sharpens Iron?" What's Iron Iron? Sharp I mean, Sharp is I Iron? There's a Bible verse about it, but what <laughs> what is it?
3: You know? Yeah, the most popular men's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bible verse that everybody uses. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, quickly, uh, Iron Sharpens Iron is a national men's ministry. It was started uh, up in New England area back in two thousand one two thousand two. And uh, it, they put on 50 live conferences uh, every year around the country. So they're celebrating their 20th year now. We were able to bring it here to Jacksonville uh, back in 2016. So it was great. We were up to over 400 guys. But it's a it's a great day of men's equipping and fellowship and and uh, just worship. We have a an opening and closing keynote. And, and 16 breakout sessions, equipping sessions for men to choose where they are in their life, what they may want to learn and, and do better with and that kind of thing, plus be with their brothers. So that's something that we brought here. And uh, when we brought it for the first time, HB was our opening keynote speaker. And let me tell you, man. He can bring the message, man. I love listening to him. So that's a little bit about Iron Sharpens Iron, and it was really exciting at the retreat when you when I heard he was going to be your speaker. I'm like, I couldn't wait, wait to see him again. So it was really good to reconnect him, and he still he still can bring it, man. He's still He's, he he it. still
2: brings it. Well, it's man. so funny. I remember when you and I first uh, talked. You wanted to tell me about Iron Sharpens Iron. Oh, this Iron, is funny. This and is you funny. didn't even know that I'd been a keynote at like four Iron Sharpens Iron events yeah. around the country. I kept
3: leaving you voicemails. You go. I think the Holy Spirit's telling me after the third voicemail, I probably should call the guy back and let him know that I, I'm one of the speakers of but, uh, Iron Sharpens Iron. Well, well, because
2: they're so big, or oh, they have so many, yeah. And you didn't know. I mean, I spoke out in San Francisco and out in uh, in California a yeah. couple of times. And so you wouldn't have known that. Because, no. Because I think – were you, were you in Connecticut? At first? I was
3: in Connecticut, and and I called Brian up. I go, Brian, this was embarrassing here. Right? Like, <laughs> how come I didn't know? And he goes, Well, I knew he had moved because he knew you from well, obviously. He I, was in Texas. He goes, I didn't know. I knew he moved back to Florida. but I didn't know where. I go, Well, he's in my backyard. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was funny because God really used you and Brian to start Iron
3: Sharpens Iron, right? Didn't? Were Martin? That's of kind one? of our cool story. Yeah. Is when when Brian was on staff with Promise Keepers they let him go and he started iron sharpens in a little little bit of a different flavor and he needed a place to host it and he came to me he says bobby what can i do so i went to our our board and my church up in connecticut hosted the first two and got him going and what's really exciting is we're doing the same thing our, our my church here in Jacksville's hosting until we grow out of it do doug but yeah, we grow yeah. out of it but here we are doing it again and uh we're also being advertised, you know, and by radio stations that are similar up there. It's kind of crazy stuff the way God moves, and it, and it's exciting. But well,
2: it's been good to watch you, Bob. And you know, we had a guy on yesterday, David Ambrose from mm-hmm. uh, from Cypress, Texas. And David is a an appraiser. He's a business guy who God has moved to start a men's ministry out there. And so now he is not just started a men's ministry, he's actively leading four small groups of men, about 30 men. Wow, that's and, great. And it's called fourth quarter ministry. And I was thinking of you, you are not, quote, the paid professional minister no, uh, I'm on not. staff at a church. You're, you work for for a company and a pharmaceutical business and have been for how many years now?
3: 20 years. So
2: so you've been doing men's ministry but yet you're out in the business world. Yes, yeah. And so there's this misconception a lot of times that to do ministry, you have to leave those workplace jobs. You've been a tent maker, Very as Paul true. called it, for 20 years. And so I'd like today to talk a little bit, uh, as we talk about prayer and it happens after prayer, maybe you could share some of your prayer uh, journey in this, how Absolutely. God has been some you know faithful in those prayers. because. I think for a lot of people they relegate a lot of that to what I call the paid professionals. Mm-hmm. That's what not I would call them that, but other people call the paid professionals the people that pray and people like you know even when I go I'm an I'm an ordained minister so I go to parties sometimes or I'm at people's house and would you pray like they can't pray, you know? I right. mean like uh, <laughs> and and so would you speak a little bit to that? We we got a couple of minutes Absolutely.
3: For I, I I um that's a great point you you mentioned right at the opening of the show about your prayer life and and I'm gonna tie that in maybe throughout the show a little bit about my you, you can't look at your prayer life doug if, if you don't have a prayer life and uh you got you gotta have one to begin with guys and uh and all you got everybody listening and I, I've got a pretty cool 20-year prayer that's related to me being back here in Jacksonville for a second time but it was always around my my vocation my Career is a, I'm a biomedical engineer. I design medical products. And uh, several times, Doug, I looked to go into full-time vocational ministry. And um, I actually interviewed a couple times with Fellowship Christian Athletes up in New England. looking They were looking for a director. And every time God shut it down, and it was interesting with my vocation, I'm an engineer. I looked at going into sales. And uh, he shut that down, too, and he was telling me God – Bob, you're a better salesman as an engineer. And he said the same thing to me about ministry. You're a better minister and discipler in reaching out with men as a layman, uh, not in full time, that I want to use you that way. So it's been an well, interesting you, journey. you,
2: you are full time. You're just a tent Exactly. You're it's, out there because you're, you're, I don't know anybody more full time <laughs> than you in ministry <laughs> who's working like that. But when we come back, we're going to get into, dig this into this into prayer, prayer thing a little bit. Yeah. And, And maybe if you had been with FCA up there, you could have influenced the Patriots not to cheat. I just had to throw that in. Anyway, hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. I'm Doug McCary. I have Bob Grauman of Iron Sharpens Iron in the studio today, and we're talking about prayer. If you would like H.B. Charles Jr., it happens after prayer. Give us a call, 844-777-7928. And we'll talk to you a little bit about prayer and love to get you that book. We'll be right
0: back with SWAT Radio after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls.
1: My destiny, the crowd was shouting, crucify, could have come from these lips of mine. The dirty shame was killing me, it would take a miracle to wash me clean.
2: Welcome back to SWAT Radio. It is Friday, August the 21st, and you're listening to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries and Bob Gromman of Iron Sharpens Iron.
3: And uh, Bob has been very active. Bob, how long have you been in uh, Jacksonville now? So uh, this is the second time. Uh, August 25th will be five years. Five years. But I was here the first time in the 80s. My first job out of college, uh, which is where I met my wife, and she's a born and raised Jacksonville native.
2: She, she's a native of Jacksonville? Native of wow. Jacksonville.
3: Her dad was chief of detectives in Jacksonville. Her, her grandfather walked the beat before him. Wow. A lot of law enforcement. I would pretty scared when I was dating <laughs> her. Her brother uh, was DEA. Wow. Uh, he had the first uh, extradition to the U.S. of a drug lord, uh, Carlos Later.
2: Oh, he was involved in that. Wow! He, no, he led the case. Yeah, well, we were we were involved in that back when I was in. So, we, I'm, I probably knew him. That's yeah. crazy. I don't know if
3: you know the last name Staret. S T A. Yep,
2: I did. Yeah, that's wild. That was uh, her family. I, I mean, her brother or her father-in-law. I mean, both. I mean, wow.
3: Her dad was chief of detectives. He ran when he retired. He ran security for the port. The, the wow. and then her brother was dea that's crazy so both stairs they were you know.
2: wow yeah so we well i've been here twice too i moved here in 91 okay. and then uh moved away in 99 to texas got my texas passport and then moved back <laughs> to uh, florida uh back in uh 2009 2010 time frame so yeah so we've both been there and back and uh yeah, we have both been redeployed yeah, huh? back been, to been, been <laughs> Back, back to Jacks. Well, um, you know, as you think about some of the things that HB shared at that mm. retreat, um, you know, he shared first things first and he talked about Matthew six thirty three. Mm-hmm. Why is it so hard for us when I mean you've you've been in the workplace for a long time, twenty plus years, and and in a very competitive field too, by the way. I mean the medical Industry has blown up and a lot of competition out there for sales, a lot of uh, different things going on. And why is it so hard for us to seek first the kingdom of God when we get pink slipped or when we, I mean, when things are going right, I was talking to somebody this morning and they were saying, you know, when things are good, it's easy to put God first. Mm Mm-hmm. But man, why does God not hear, why does he allow these things, bad things to happen as if, you know, the bad things are or him sitting up there making them happen? He allows them, but I told her if he if he gave everybody justice right away, we'd all be wiped out. <laughs> and so from your perspective, Bob, talk a little bit about your own prayer journey as God God has taken you through different jobs
3: and transitions. Oh, yeah.
2: Share a little bit about
3: that. It's, it's interesting, Doug, I, I think, as I reflect back on on my, my, my career, uh, how God has used uh, the job change or the job loss to build me in spiritually. Um, I joke, and you know, I'm the master of the job loss. I've been through co- twice. Uh, small startups went bankrupt. I've been through three or four major corporate takeovers, I've been laid off. I and
2: just, when you go through a corporate takeover, what that means is you're working for a company. Somebody buys your company, yeah. and they say, we don't want these employees here because we've got different people
3: coming in. we got different people coming in. So GE Medical, Tyco Healthcare, American Home Products, these are big. I We just, after I relocated back to Jacksonville, uh, I was with St. Jude Medical. We got bought two years after I moved by Abbott Labs, like three years ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, not again. But every time, Doug, it draws me closer to God. And I was very fortunate, very blessed early on to have good men in my life, to have those guys that were coaching me. And it was actually when, during one of my first job losses I learned about fasting. I, I studied fasting. People, you got to fast about this. And I learned that uh, you were talking about it earlier in the week about the purpose and intention of fasting and, um, well, a lot of
2: people people use it like a magic bullet.
3: Exactly. And it's not
2: it. The fasting itself is a, is and and I, I, I hate to interrupt you, but I want to clarify because so many, there's been a lot of bad teaching. I think about Mm -hmm. fasting. Very true. Uh, if you look in the Bible as a whole, most of the time that you see fasting, it's spontaneous which means you respond to a situation with an intensity. And, and the best uh, analogy I heard about fasting is it's like a sidecar on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. That prayer is the motorcycle and fasting is the sidecar. You don't fast apart from the prayer. Just for the sake of fasting, if you think God's going to bless you, you with some desire you have to say, I'm going to fast two days this week, and I'm asking God to do this, and I'm fasting. That's not the way it was used. People were fasting because they were so intense in their prayer, they didn't think about eating. They didn't want to eat. All they wanted to do was seek God's will about something. And and, and I I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's fine, because
3: I had to learn, I would admit that – an event would maybe triggered my learning about fasting, uh, but as I've matured through it, but what I learned early on and how I used it, even as I was learning what it was, uh, that as I sacrificed food or whatever it was, that when I had that craving, I would translate that craving into what you said, the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I would translate those moments into prayer. And I would translate that into drawing closer to God. And what it led to was trusting. It built my faith. It's like you are not to be worried. And that's where I learned more and more scriptures about not worrying about what you will wear or what you will eat. You are to focus on the kingdom. Which is right out of Matthew 6 in exactly. his message. Yeah. And that's what, when I was in my 30s learning about this stuff. My family has started. I've got two young kids and I'm losing my jobs. And I'm like, what is going on? But the fasting was what taught me that seek, first, the kingdom. And one of the things HB said, you will find what you seek. Mm-hmm. And when I learned that, now I've matured in that. I use fasting and, and more. I can tell when the Lord is tugging me, like we need to get real, Bobby. Come on. We get, let's, it's time to go into a fast. So it's less of a reaction now. It's more of a following. God's tugging me. We got to get closer, brother. We got to get closer. Yeah,
2: but you're just saying I'm I'm going to go away. What you know? There were times in the Bible where kings or leaders would proclaim a fast, saying, "We need to seek the Lord." Exactly. But but it was an intensity of a it's seeking. An intensity. Uh, it's it's not we're fasting as a rabbit's foot to our prayer. Just we're adding, Yeah. And I think a lot of people do. Well, listen, if you're listening today, and HB's book is a it's not a long read. It's broken up in some really good chapters and he exposits just like he did over the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's called it happens after prayer. And I would love to give you a copy. If you call in 844-777-7928-844-777-7928. 844-777-7928. If you're calling from Virginia, Mississippi, uh, Texas, Cal, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's a toll free call and I'd love to get you one of those copies. Um, you know, Bob, take us a little further in that okay. journey. Like, I know you lose one job, then you get bought, or you get in a good job, mm-hmm. and then your company's bought, and it happens again. You were sharing with me during the break that every
3: time that happens, yes. so God did something ministry-wise, right? Exactly. Exactly. So another thing that happened in my journey of the job loss was every time the job moved, relocation, there was always ministry involved. I, uh, through each time, uh, started m- many men's ministries. Very, I'm very involved with youth work. I've always wanted to do high school, but I always get stuck with middle school guys. <laughs> but um, through that also, that's related to the ministry, is, is our bodies of Christ around the, around the globe that worship together. And I was taught early, and I'm so grateful that whenever we moved, whenever we relocated, and I know this, you did the same, I find my church home first. Then I call my realtor to look for my, my other home, my yeah. earthly home. But we did that every time. And every time I ended up connected with the body of Christ where he wanted me to serve and to build and disciple at those moments. So that was always, it, it, it's always hit me, even when I look back and, uh, you know, mentioning about, you know, go, I looked many times to go into full time, but. God kept telling me, I want you as a regular dude in the workplace, in the marketplace, discipling. But but you are
2: full time. You're just full time in the workplace. Exactly. Isn't that funny how And I I had to learn that.
3: I had to learn that, Doug, that I'm in ministry 24 7. And that my ministry, we all have a ministry. And I don't care before you were a Christian or after you're a Christian, I don't care. God will take all of that. And that's how you are built. He built the good, the bad, the ugly into who you are today as a Christian and how he wants you to minister. And that is your minister. And one of the great things about a man, we talk about a lot, if you can't share your story, we got to we got to get you comfortable with your story because your story is your ministry. Mm-hmm. And that is how you will minister. And God will use you. We're going to talk about this in the second half, yeah. about how he will use, how he built you, Good, bad, or ugly, your background, your environment—also, awesome. he will use that to minister everywhere you are, every moment of your day. And it's not about your title, right? Yeah, I, I, you may be in full time or regular guy, whatever, but you are a hundred percent, twenty-four-seven minister. Well, he's got he—he he has built every personality mm-hmm. uh,
2: trait, every. Uh, experience that he's brought you through to use you uniquely where he has placed Amen. you. And so when we come back, we are going to talk further about that. Again, if you'd like a copy of H.B. Charles' book, It Happens After Prayer, call us at 844-777-7928. That number again is 844-777-SWAT- and uh, if you got questions about anything we're talking about, you don't want to be on the air, but you got a question, you can send it to ask at SWATRadio.com. And uh, for all you people out there that are on the Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, we can you can reach us at, at SWAT SWATRadio Talk on all those platforms. We're glad you've joined us today, whether you're at the Lighthouse up in Virginia, WMER, and Meridian are right here on The Truth in the Jacksonville and Florida, Georgia area. We'll be right back after.
1: Look down from a broken sky Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touch down the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. All those people going somewhere. Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything. Listen, give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken-hearted, The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah, 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 yeah Step out on a busy street a girl and our eyes meet, does her best to smile at me to hide what's underneath. There's a man just too right black suit in a bright red tie. Too ashamed to tell his wife he's out of work. He's buying time Hey, buddy. welcome
2: back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCarey of his Light Ministries on Friday. It's Friday, Friday, Friday. Kinda anything goes talking with our You know, we're kind of making Friday's disciple days and um, uh, having guys on here who have been in ministry for a while or, you know, what I call in ministry, uh, workplace ministry, uh, who have a heart for discipleship. And, Bob, you're one of those guys. I appreciate you being on today. And we were talking before the break just about how, you know, we – we go through difficult times and it's hard to keep God first sometimes during those times because we tend to start looking inward when we're going through our struggles Mm -hmm. instead of looking to him because we feel like he's let us down. At least when I was talking to somebody this morning, they kind of shared some of that with me about how they, they feel like, you know, he's let them down or why, why is he letting this happen? And, um, You were talking to me during the break about some of your struggles or or, or the way you evolved. How did you practically, what did it look like for you? Take us through your prayer uh, journey. Like, how. How has your prayer life evolved over the last, say, 15, 20 years? And and what were things that See, were you don't want
3: to do? me to go back to college? No, 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 right no, 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 no. No,
2: no. <laughs> no, just literally, just the last. Let's say you you you've been doing these iron sharpens iron for twenty yeah. years. But I mean, you can go back to college. But
3: just seriously, <laughs> college what were, might set the platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what
2: what were some of the practical things? That God brought into your life, whether it's people or books or passages of scripture or ideas, what was it that God used to mature your prayer life? And what does that look like practically? I mean, do you just Go around with your eyes closed all day. I know you don't banging into just walls. Into, yeah. So tell me, <laughs> t- tell me Try. practically, what does your prayer life look like for some guy out there who's going? You know, I don't even know how to pray that much. I mean, I talk to God, but I, I feel like He doesn't hear me. Like everybody's been in that spot. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So
3: how did? What is it? What did it look like for well, you? Well, the, the 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 value of of going back a little bit to the teenage years helps. You know, I I think you mentioned uh, you know about being reactionary. I, you know. Through college and everything is like sin all day and forgive me all help you know, me Lord forgive me and so very reactionary like guilt whatever but then it as I as I grew up and it's like all right I got to do a real job and I get married and like oh my gosh you know started praying about the my wife and everything it, it then became very uh it was still a little bit reactionary but it was still about me like my event I got to pray for this. uh you know, we grow up praying for, you know, grandma and grandpa and, you know, motherhood and apple pie. But then as you mature and get more involved with ministry and, you know, I was doing youth ministry, start praying for kids. Like I'm praying for them and a real problem, you know, and then I would continue that and it would expand into more, not just reactionary, it was very intentional. Uh, and as you read more and uh, you, fi- you find a scripture, uh, I'm going to tell you one right now that is really it's become my main line is from CS Lewis uh, prayer does not prepare you for the greater work mm-hmm. prayer is the greater work when I grabbed onto the prayer mm-hmm. is the greater work and then as we talked about fasting about kingdoms gotta be first mm-hmm. that those were triggers to my evolution of prayer and then as I got more and more involved with with uh, men's ministry, I was like, how come the ladies, they all have this great Proverbs 31 woman, and they got this great thing. I was like, there's got to be a guy version of this, you know. And so I learned about Psalm 1. uh, That's our guy, guys, that's our guy verse. Psalm 1, you should memorize that, Mm -hmm. bury that in, you know. But uh, verse 2 is, uh, blessed is the man who builds into it, but his delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates it. On on his law day and night I go day and night, and then we have all those great verses in Philippians and First Thessalonians about praying continuously. And so, Doug, that that's what built me is like I had to learn and mature that praying is not just that meal time and and so forth. It's praying continuously, but you've got to build into that. You've got to be walking in close with the Lord and remembering you will find what you seek. Right? And so, yeah. and so my prayer life, Doug. It, it, it's evolved into, you know, definitely I've got to have my quiet time. I've got to have that be still and know that I am God and and truly take that word meditate seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you and I, you and I are application dudes. We, we love to dive into the scriptures to understand it. But we also know we got to step out of that prayer zone and we got to go live it. Mm-hmm. and we got to live real life real time and you walk out of your prayer zone after you know you've had your quiet time the next thing you know you got three kids trying to get them off to school your wife is mad and boom 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 and you're in it uh you go into a meeting and it is not going well mm-hmm. you walk you walk into someone's office and it is not what you expected or someone throws you a curveball that there's a need all day long and what happened to your prayer life where did it go? Did it stop at you know 6.30 in the morning? Mm-hmm. It, uh, are you doing other things? you only pray when you're in the shower or brushing your teeth? Mm-hmm. So the real evolution is making my prayer life continuous, meditating on the Lord day and night. And how do I do that? How do I do that? Well, our buddy, Ozzy, we call, can we call him Ozzy? Yeah. Oswald Chambers. Doug and I are, are C.S. Lewis fans, Oswald Chambers fans. Uh, Spurgeon. Uh, Spurgeon fans. So, I read this devotional one time from Oswald Chamber. He says, How do you pray continuously? He was focused on First Thessalonians and uh was it four seventeen, I think. Mm-hmm. And about how do you pray continuously? You can't you don't bang in the walls. And he pitched, You need to just take a minute every hour and ask God, What what are you up to, man? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I had already been praying, I got a mantra of in order to be a man of God, you gotta be God's man. You gotta be available. In the moment, in real time, how do I be God's man with my wife right now when she's mad, or something just happened, or she just got a a diagnosis from a doctor, whatever? My kid just got cut from his his little league team, and he's a bawling. How do I be God's man right then and there? Mm-hmm. Well, that's where the one for one comes in. You pause, you take that be still moment into your everyday life, and you there's always time for sixty seconds. Say, dear God, how do you want me to be your man right here? right now Mm -hmm. and you ask him to come in and take over and to say comfort hug it doesn't matter because these moments happen every day right doug yeah they are happening every moment every day in every man's life and he he wants you to be his man in that moment and that's a great it's been a great habit for me. Well, the other
2: day I, I shared a quote by Chambers, um, and I don't know if you were listening, but uh-uh. God expects his children to be so confident in mm-hmm. him that in any crisis they are the reliable ones. And, and you know, if you think about that, nobody can say what they're going to do in any given situation. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. when I was in the Marine Corps, we used to train to go through emergencies in the aircraft you'd go through procedures and guys were like i'm going to do this even in firearms i've done you know i do firearms training i've trained people before and i remember one time teaching a a mass shooting thing one time to a group of businessmen and and i gave them a scenario and a guy goes well i would just do this and go in there and that and and i asked him i said have you ever been shot at well no Have you ever had a gun pointed at you that was somebody was intent on hurting you? No. Well, then you can't say what you're going to do. It's easy when you're on one side of the dilemma or the struggle to say you would do something, but nobody knows for sure until you're under the gun and you're in that situation. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you go through a crisis, it instantly reveals who you're relying on and if you've been leaning on God and you worship God and your trust is in him, it's going to reveal that even though you are at your breaking point, you're not going to break in your confidence to him. It doesn't mean your physical, I mean, it's just your confidence is in him. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about that, I think about Mother Teresa, you know, who said, you're, you'll never know Jesus is all you need until... Jesus is all, all you, you have. need. <laughs> he's all you have. All you have, exactly. Right. I mean, he's all you have. And I mean, there's a great psalm um in Psalm 62. And, you know, the psalms, uh, Bob, are a great place to go uh, for encouragement. If you're struggling, like if you're listening out there and you go, man, I want to know how to pray better. Two things. One, go to the psalms. uh And I encourage you, if you're listening and you can, Call eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Steve will get your address. I'm gonna send you a copy of HB Charles' book. It happens after prayer, and you go, "What happens after prayer?" Everything. I mean, Everything. That, I mean, it's like prayer is bringing us in line with the will of God. But Psalm sixty two says this: For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him; He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. And when you hear those words and you think about King David who killed tens of thousands of people in battle when he was outnumbered and he was uh, had people wanting to kill him, people that were his friends, he thought, people he had defended, he cried out to God and he said, you're my rock, you're my salvation, you're my fortress, you're who I'm looking to. Think about your own life right now. I don't know what you're looking to or who you're looking to, but if God is not your source of those things, then whatever it is, it's going to crumble. And when we come back, we're going to be in the last segment of the program, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more. Hopefully,
0: you'll call in on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week.
2: Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. What I was saying right before we went to the break is that uh, if you want H.B. Charles' book, It Happens After Prayer, uh, call in and uh, Steve will get your info, and we'd love to send you one 844-777-7928. Somebody said you need to say the number slower, so 844 777 Seven nine two eight. That's seven nine two eight. Is SWAT spelled out? So it's eight four four triple seven SWAT. And uh, I talk a little fast sometimes. Bob.
3: But anyway, <laughs> no, that never happens to you, Doug. <laughs> yeah.
2: So you know, Bob, I want to go back to this. Really thinking about, uh, you know, putting our trust in God. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter, First Peter says, cast all your anxiety on yes. Him because He cares for you. Um, Joshua one nine says that he's with you wherever you go. I mean, he his principles with Joshua apply for us today. That God is his children. He cares about us and he wants us to trust him more than anything else. Um, you know, Zechariah four says, Ask for the power of God to accomplish the plan of God. I think for a lot of us, Bob. We want the power of God to accomplish the plan of Bob, not God. Mm-hmm. The plan of Doug, not God. Well, you're fitting right into the guy yeah, yeah, thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so get, give me an example. You know, the one to one thing, yeah. the one one thing. You said one minute out every of every hour. hour to just focus on God. Give me right now, um,
3: one the, minute, yeah, an hour. example. And, and, and again, everybody take this in context. That's a principle, it's a habit. Um, And so what Doug is talking about, trusting, this will change your life in your day-to-day life. Because the way I package my day, I get up every morning and I'll have my quiet time. But there's a standard thing, God, may I be your man today? And if I'm going to truly trust God, if I truly believe in the providence of God, I have to believe that I do not know what is about to happen in the next second or minute or hour. Okay, okay. And I've got to walk out in faith that what's going to happen today is is not about me. Yeah. But I'm a guy. I got my agenda, whatever. So uh, a quick the quick this story. So I, I get up and, and I go out. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had a meeting. I got my agenda. I got to check, check, check the box, right? And okay. I, I had to walk into a, a, la- a young lady's office and... It's always a little awkward, you know, like, uh, and, and I got my job, I got to get this stuff done. And I walk in and, and Doug, she was, she was weeping in tears.
2: Mm.
3: And because I had developed this habit, I knew, I knew God was up to something. And I did the pause. I said, God, how do you want me to be your man? And I, I shut down my agenda. I shut down my task list. And I said, well, is this a bad time? No, 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 no. Come in, come in. What what can I help you? And I just I just shared empathy with her, hmm. and we had become friends. We, we you know we we're uh, work work partners, whatever. And her son, her t- her high school son, had just signed up to enlist, mm-hmm. and it was good for him. He's excited going to the military, but it devastated her as a mom. And, and she and was
2: upset about that.
3: She was because her little boy's growing up and going off, and uh, and so she got what i did was i comforted her as a mom i reached out to her i go you raised him for this you raised him and so we ended up having a great time we shared faith we talked about god and his providence and and i walked out of there i think i forgot what i even came in there for but she was she needed someone comfort her and it was a time that god used me in that moment and that night at the end of my day, guys, uh, like God, thank you for using me in a moment where I could share about your love. I could share the value of being a mom, the value of releasing her son to to go off and and to serve his country, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was good. It was really good, and it was just one. It, it just reinforces to me that it, it's God's agenda, mm-hmm. and that I need to trust Him. That whatever is going to happen that day. He's ordained it. He's providential. And that I need to be subservient to the day. Mm. And that whoever he puts in my life and whatever circumstance, it's his divine providence. And that when those situations happen, Doug, mm. um, if we truly believe what we say about God's providence mm-hmm. and trust, then we trust that that moment, that relationship, that situation uh, is by his design and and he wants us to be his servant and his man in that moment. Well, and he brings those divine moments for
2: us. And for exactly. Us to, to, for us to venture in there without consulting without. him exactly. is, is heading for trouble, I think. And yeah. that's
3: how the one-for-one one will change your life because it forces you to be intentional about not your agenda. What is God doing in this moment? You and know, why well, is this person here?
2: <laughs> well, listen, I want to thank Mark for uh, for uh, calling in. Again, if you want a copy of H.B. Charles' book, It Happens After Prayer, call 844-777-7928. You don't even have to be on the air. We're, we're Steve uh, is getting the info. Uh, Mark, that book will be there by Sunday, it says. Um, that's crazy how quick that can get out there and get to you but uh, hopefully it'll encourage you. Anybody else listening out there, just call 844-777-7928. And if you want to be on with Bob and I, you're welcome to comment on anything we've talked about, the prayer and stuff. Or if not, you can just give Steve your address and name, and we'll get you a copy. That's just today only, H.B. Charles Jr. book. Uh, It happens after prayer, and it's the biblical motivation for believing prayer. Well, Bob, I, I know that, I was really encouraged with HB and his message, uh, on prayer to be reminded about, um, first things first. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, i made the statement, you know, this person earlier today said, well, when God, when things are bad, I don't, that's the very time you need to put first thing first because, um, it's at those times that that faith really shines to other people and that's the reason a lot of times i remember there's there was chinese christians let me think about what they said i'm trying to remember i i think i read it somewhere um where chinese christians were um they were asked they were asked about all the problems they have over there and i'm mm-hmm. trying to think of the quote but it was um it was about how how god is really glorified a lot of times when um when things are really bad, and um, and it, and I think it was in the same place where I was I was reminded of that quote by uh, Oswald Chambers. Right. Um, but they they were they were just talking about you know in China they don't see bad things happening the way to them the way we see things. I mean uh, they see them as an opportunity to um, to show
3: God when you when you put as you love to say to put God on display. When you seek first the kingdom, again, you find what you seek. And when you are living your day and you're constantly seeking to find God in the moment mm-hmm. and to seek your role, what, he, what do you want me to do in this moment, good, bad, or uh, whatever, That's you will find God, right, Doug? Yeah. When you seek him in your moments – Every day, all throughout the day, you will find him and you will also, especially for us guys, you will find what he wants you to do in that moment on his behalf, yeah. to glorify him, to put him on display, to be the Bible someone may have never read. Amen. Yeah. Uh, that's fifth, what happens. The fifth
2: gospel, my friend. The, the, there you calls go. it, you that's know? what
3: happens when you seek first the kingdom. When you have a kingdom focus, you don't look at the the little minutia that... The media and our society, our worldview triggers in our head, right? Yeah. You are looking for the kingdom is near, right, Doug? The, and when it's near, it's right next to you, man. It is right in front of you. <laughs> it's all around you, right? Well, And when you discover that, go ahead, Doug.
2: Well, no, no, no. I was just going to say that uh, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre uh, says, um, he said said it this way he said and he was an atheist by the way mm-hmm. yeah, and he says it's impossible to appreciate the light without knowing the
3: darkness Dark. yep
2: i mean i mean you think about it you know we look at pain uh, and we don't like pain nobody right. likes pain right but pain keeps you or reminds it's you It's a protector it, it is a very much so the lepers people who are lepers they don't feel things and That's they, why, they end right? up losing their limbs because they burn them and they get infections. And and so pain is a good thing. And darkness, I mean, you don't appreciate the light without the darkness. And so, um, you know, uh, Jim Dennison said that for other people, before they're going to trust God to be their rock in their fortress, they got to see us trusting him to be our rock in our fortress. Mm-hmm and uh i mean how god how, on display huh yeah how can we expect others to do what we don't do i mean if we're not trusting god uh how how are we going to expect other people to do that and so um uh, thank you uh, another person called i'm happy to get this book out because it it is a great great book. book on prayer practically from god's word what i love about what hb does in it is he exposits you know, he exposits the word. Mm-hmm. So it's God, you know, he's explaining basically what the word of God is saying contextually about prayer. And he, he goes to several examples. And the ones that he gave at our retreat were just a couple of them. But, you know, we're kind of coming to the end of our time today, Bob. Any last thoughts on prayer for the guy out there who struggles to pray and goes, man, you know, I've tried it. I just, I I just have a hard time staying focused or I just feel like he doesn't hear me. What do you say to that guy?
3: Just start simple and simply start. Just keep it simple. God will build it into you. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. He will grow your prayer life. He will grow. Just don't give up. Just keep it simple and keep it going.
2: Keep it simple and keep it going. That's a good way to end. Hey, we've enjoyed having you follow us this week on SWAT radio. We're going to be back next week. And I pray you have a good weekend. If you want to listen to this or any past program, go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. And for more information about Iron Sharpens Iron events, you can go to ironsharpensiron.net, right? Uh, Yes, sir. ironsharpensiron.net. Bob, thank you for coming in Thank you for having me. So good to see you, and I hope you guys have a great weekend. Be blessed, and we'll see you on Monday on SWAT Radio.
0: If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com.